What's up, everyone? This is Michael Broom Sr., and welcome to the Good Father Brand Podcast. This podcast is about creating a platform and dialogue about fatherhood and also fatherhood experiences. So, let's go ahead and get started. Oh, Jasmine is back. Another episode again. Hey, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Yeah, follow us on social media. Instagram is the Good Father Brand. Twitter is Good Father Brand. This is on Anchor, this is on Apple Podcasts, and also this is on Spotify. I know those are guaranteed to the how you can listen to the podcast. So yeah, just um just follow us on those. So I'm going to get started. Um we're gonna actually um play a yeah. An icebreaker game. A ice yeah. Is that what you call it? Icebreaker game? All right. Yeah. Okay. Well we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a quick icebreaker and it's called One Gotta Go. Alright, now this episode I'm going to do four artists And one of them has to go Prince Whitney Houston Michael Jackson And Luther Vandross Which one got to (laughs) go? Luther Vandross has to go Wow You got to explain why (laughs) I think that The other three are more popular Than Luther Vandross um, I think you have to go with like who who had the most lit funeral. Who had the most? We're measured by the most lit funeral. <laughs> or wow. like how people reacted when they died. Like when Whitney Houston died, it was a big deal. When Michael Jackson died, it was a big deal. When Prince died, it was a super big deal. Alright, now... I don't let, even, like... Let's backtrack. Like, when did Luther Vandross die? Did, is he still alive? Did he die? Is he alive? No, he died. All these people died. Okay, then what happened at his funeral? When did, like... Oh, no. Was I alive when he died? Yes, you was alive. <laughs> he died in, like, I think, 2005, I think. Hold on. Let, let, let me do the, Yeah, he died July 1st, also, 2005. All of these, all of the other three people have movies about them. Does Luther Vandross have a movie? Who gonna play Luther? Wait I don't know. Wait a minute, ain't been no, it, it, it ain't been no, autobi- it hasn't been no biography about Prince. Um. Purple Rain does not count. That movie came out before both of us was even born. It's not, I'm not saying an autobiography, I'm, I just said a movie. Yeah, I guess it's. I mean, Luther Vandross. I mean, guess it wasn't his style. I guess, so he's 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 gone because of that. Because he's not popular. He is popular. I can't name a Luther Vandross song. Here and now. Okay, but I didn't know he sang it. Wow, that let you know. That let me know right now. You don't know nothing about music. No. Luther Vandross. Who yo? What? Your which one gotta go? To go? People might get mad when I say this, but. Michael Nah, Whitney gotta go, fam. Whitney Houston. She gotta go. She gotta go, man. I like her music. I actually have her. I have um, Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson on my Spotify. Podcast. I think Whitney is the person out of all of them that I listen to the least. So that's why for me she gone. She's impactful. I was gonna keep her in, and I was gonna give Michael Jackson the boot because of her ideal voice. Now if we're going by vocals only. She. Mike Mike yeah, yeah. She number one. Mike might be gone. <laughs> now actually if it comes to pure vocals, Prince might be gone. Prince will be gone if it came to vocals. So I think it depends on what category you put w- which artist in. Yeah, and I think like Prince had like you know, he was he's legendary. Whitney's legendary. Michael Jackson's legendary. Luther Vandross is legendary too. You gonna did give him? Did he have a tribute on BET? He did have one when he died. <laughs> he did have one when he died. It was the 2005 BET Awards. Okay, I guess. He it was did. either 2005 or 2006 BET Awards. But yeah, he, he got a tribute at Luther. A lot of people that was born in the 80s was because of Luther. What's the word I'm I looking guess, for? I guess Cons- you had a, baby a, a lot of people were conceived because of Luther. I'll put it that way. A lot of people was conceived because of Luther. You play, um, wow, what's that song? Um, it was on the movie The Wood. Um, it's in my head. But anyways, 
Yeah, if I had to pick, like I said before, it really depends on specifically which one. Like, if you go into vocals, Prince Side of Hill. If you come to actual, like, music ability, Visibility. I'm trying to think because Prince automatically stays. He has sung, wrote, produced, and played instruments in all of his music. Okay. Mike is a child prodigy. So he does he's in. Winnie Houston has a very strong voice. Luther gone if it come to that then. But Luther has a very good voice. He has a ideal voice, but it ain't top of Whitney. Whitney has a they uh they have Whitney in that conversation of like being one of the most like what's that level of singing? I can't remember it, it's a name for it. But it's only like three or four artists that's ever been in that category. It's her, Mariah Carey, um I think Christina Aguilera, I think she's in that conversation. She's a I I think it is. But Ariana Grande is the newest. They were saying they they are the ones that can get to that uh, certain pitch of sound, hmm. but that's why Whitney is uh, cherished by a lot of people. But when it comes to vocal ability, she's up there. It's just that if you're talking about overall music, I didn't listen to her like that, so I she's out for me. But you know, that's our icebreaker of um, one got to go. We're going to do this every episode, even if I'm by myself or Jasmine's with me. So I'm going to keep that going. All right. So the first thing I'm going to talk about um, is going to be kind of the part two of the March Madness episode that I talked about last week. Um, um, well, right now is actually the national championship between Texas Tech and Virginia. Um, I think this week might be a little whack. I mean, on paper, it looks whack. It might actually be a very good game because they're both two highly defensive teams that are known for their defense. So, Duke and Carolina's out. Unfortunately, Carolina lost, but thank God Duke lost. Mm-hmm. So, what I wanted to talk about is kind of about Duke and Zion Williamson. So, it was a um, guy, He's a, I think he's a celebrity attorney, and he basically said that Nike and Nike affiliated schools were giving um, potential recruits for their programs benefits. Zion Williamson was being one of the biggest profile names that was out there. And he wrote on Twitter about like the transactions that Nike was doing because he's basically saying Nike targets certain kids to go to Nike affiliated schools. And Duke is one of them. Duke is a Nike-affiliated school. It's like these shoe companies are affiliated with certain schools. They try to recruit players just to go to certain schools because, you know, they'll they'll get a contract in the future or they'll benefit the college or benefit the shoe company itself. So the reason I brought that up is because the question I have for parents, would you let your child receive benefits before they even got to co- before they even get to college, would you let them receive benefits from a potential school, a, a school that can potentially, you know, a, a, they're using a recruiting tactic to give money. So would you use would you let your child receive benefits? I'm um, going to start with you. I guess first, like, what is what's the bad thing? What's the con of the con of, of your child receiving benefits? Yeah, it's illegal according to the NCAA. <laughs> and they could be considered ineligible, and they can never play college ball. Okay, well then, no. I wouldn't let my child do that if I knew that's what they were doing. Yeah, but it's very rare the players get punished. Most of the time, they're already in the league by this time. The college and the people affiliated will predominantly be in trouble. The player usually doesn't. They just lose the court of public opinion because they look like they're trying to take advantage of the situation mm. so i mean the pros is i mean you'll, you'll get a check you'll be able to move to the house that you want maybe able to move it to a different area you may get a hook up with a job you may be able to advance your career you know you, you may have something like that you may have some kind of benefit is it illegal okay I, I understand that it's illegal to to give benefits but is it illegal to receive benefits yes 
because you know you're knowingly partaking in you're partaking like you, you're accessory after the fact like okay. like you talking about like uh like the parent received the benefits and not the child no i'm just saying like whoever is whoever the receiver is they're I'll, still in the wrong yeah i was predominantly talking about um the college like you receiving benefits from the college that's what i meant i should have been more specific when it came to that no i mean the receiver is the athlete athlete and the athlete's family yeah, yeah. those are and the receivers in this situation the receiver are they in trouble I understand that the person who's giving the benefits, they're they're obviously going to be in trouble because they're they're giving away stuff. But the people receiving it, are they in trouble? Are they will they be in trouble yeah. if they receive it? Yeah. As long as they don't, long when they they get caught, yeah. Mm -hmm. if they don't get caught, no. And most of the time, nothing comes out until years later. Most of the time is when they go pro. Kind of kind of like what happened to Reggie Bush years ago. He had to actually give up his um his husband because of it. I say no. I say it's not worth it. His, like, the risk is high and reward. Yeah, like I think, like you know, if you want to get all the benefits and stuff, you get you'll have to wait until you play pro ball. But until then, like you know, don't don't accept bribes. Bribery is illegal like in most places so okay. alright so say for example say for example our son All-American first team All-American McDonald's All-American the joint brand classic hooping hasn't selected a school yet so they have a meeting with us and they slide 300k it's like hey you want your son to come here it'll be a great opportunity they slide a $300,000 check Cash in your hand. You ain't taking it. You gonna say no to the you gonna say no to it? Cause that's still receiving a benefit. Or they say, oh, you know what? We can we can put you in a five bedroom, three and a half bathroom house, state of the art, built from the ground floor up, wherever you wanted that. We'll give that to you. As long as your son signed this letter of intent to come to our program. No, it doesn't, it seems like I'm making a deal with the devil, like, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, that's a good point if you think about deal with the devil. I think, I think a lot of times these programs take advantage of certain people, like, because mm -hmm. if you come from privilege, they're not going to throw this at you. They got to come in another angle. They mostly do this to the people that come from disadvantaged and different socioeconomic status. Impoverished backgrounds, they in the projects, or they're low income. They put their situation in front of them, and most of the time they take it. Um, it's a movie called, uh, it's a movie called Blue Chips. I, you probably never seen this movie. No. Um, it came out in the early 90s. But it's basically talking about this. The, uh, it was a coach, and he was desperate to win. He needed to go to, um, he, you know, he wanted to do something with recruiting. So what he did was he recruited three athletes, but they was like considered blue blue chip athletes. They was phenomenal, phenomenal athletes. And the way he got them to go to the program is to basically get benefits, give them infamous, give them benefits that will be conditional for them to get in. Um, for one player, it was buying a you know nice tractor and stuff like that for their family. Another tractor? one, yeah, a tractor because they was from like Indiana and they was doing farming and stuff. So they bought like a new tractor, new farming system for their little people, for their for for his family. I think another one, um, I think they bought a house, and then the other one, um, they just you know gave money and cars and stuff like that. It's been, and you know, and I mean, eventually he ended up owning up to it, like he confessed. Yeah. So he did that. Um, that's one movie. Another movie is um, you you ain't seen this either called um, He Got Game. That talked about athletes receiving benefits because he was going to go pro right at the high school, and the colleges is trying to recruit him. 
one college um, gave him a car, but they put the car in the uncle's name instead of his. That was their way of letting it slide. Mm -hmm. That was the way they, you know, getting it in because they didn't come from a privileged background. So they was like, we started this car. The uncle was like, man, just go ahead and sign that, you know, go ahead and go to that school. They gave me this car. They put it in my name, so it basically won't, it won't leave a paper trail to you. And there's been plenty of other movies and other stuff that have talked about athletes receiving stuff. Like, um, you know, remember the Fab Five, the University of Michigan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fab Five, okay. Well, well, the, you know, the Fab Five, you know, they went to the national championship two years in a row. Oh. And the reasons that, but there's no showing of them going because they took the banners down. The reason they took the banners down because one of the players received benefits from a booster while he was in there, Chris Webber. Their, their Final Four banners is not on there just because of that. So. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, but by the time they came out, it was it. All of them was already pro. It just unfortunately, their banners got taken down. So you're basically saying the reward, the risk is bigger than the reward. So there's no point in doing it. Yeah, and also, like I think we both value integrity, and I think we're gonna raise our children to live an integral life and that's not teaching our kids to be to have integrity and to live an honest life that's teaching them to be greedy and that's not what we teach our kids i mean you know what i mean i, I get your point and i i hopefully we're not in a situation that we're in that we have to feel like we have to be desperate because a lot of these, because uh, a lot of people that do this, do this kind of stuff, they're desperate. The coach is desperate, and also the um, the family of that player is desperate. They're de like the coach is desperate to win, and the player in the family is desperate to get some kind of economic or you know advantage. So I feel like it really depends on the person. It depends on what they're dealing with depends on circumstance but it's it's funny how this is this is a current trend it's a trend that they're doing all of this stuff that they receiving all of these benefits so it's just funny that it seems like it's a common problem but it's a consistent common problem it's not like they try to make it seem like this rarely happens I think this happens way more than people think I think this happens at least multiple times, you know, before a student even goes to college. So. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on uh, Nike. Um, I looked up their net worth, and their net worth is $34 billion. So, it just, like, also, it just seems like, like all like I know Nike is a business, so of course all they're gonna care about is money. So of course they're gonna try to get the best player to go to one of their schools. But I just I just feel like they're just being like you know, like a big bully kind of like I don't know, they have all this money and they're just using their money to get players, basically like yeah, they bond the players out. Um, like on Richie Rich, the movie, like the uh, Richie, he bought out his friends because like he didn't have any friends. So like he invited like the poor kids to come play with him because he didn't have any friends. And like that's kind of what Nike is doing. Like not really. They're actually not doing that. But they're preying on, on um, you know, good athletes. And poor good athletes. Poor athletes. Because yeah. predominantly, a lot of these athletes come from low socioeconomic status. Most of them. And then, it, like, on one hand, I get where Nike's coming from because they're a business, so they have to do whatever they have to do to make their money. But on the other hand, I don't know. Nike's is kind of like a being kind of um, contradicting, I feel like, because 
Nike is usually like a good brand. They're trying to be more inclusive. They're trying to make more like plus size um, sizes and they're trying to make like um, clothes for Muslim women and stuff like that. And they're very, they're like being more like girl power and all that stuff. But like if you're trying to be like more inclusive and stuff, but yet you're exploiting and like preying on poor children to make you more money, like it seems like it's going against your values as a company. I mean, there's a difference between having ethics and having business ethics. Mm-hmm. They practice very good business ethics, but they might not practice personal ethics. Like they got to do what they got to do in order to enhance their brand. At the end of the day, they got to enhance the brand. So they're trying to get the best talent to represent the brand well. And Zion Williamson is a prime example of them trying to reflect the brand. They, unfortunately, they're taking advantage of the system because they got the money, the leverage, and the brand equity. It's Nike. Who wouldn't want to be a part of Nike? I don't know that many people that would say no to Nike. I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. They wanted me to, you know, I'm, I'm not slave to the dollar, but if it was an opportunity, I was able to do something and it was, and I was able to, comp, you know, not compromise my integrity, but you know, like if it was in line of my moral standard and my integrity of what I really want to do with my personal life, and if Nike was going to help that, Nike it is. Yeah. But they are taking advantage of these kids because they know they have the money and the leverage. They know they have it. So, if, you know, getting a $100,000 house ain't nothing to them. Buying a car ain't nothing to them. Giving them some extra money is nothing to them. They can afford it. They have $34 billion in net worth, so yeah. They can afford it. They can do it. They just can't get caught. Because if it wasn't against the rules, it would be the wild, wild west out here. It, like, players would be sold to the highest bidder. This is why a lot of times people... I know a lot of the woke conscious people say this, that NCAA athletes is uh, very similar to how chattel slavery was back in the, um, in the antebellum South. They say it's very similar to that. Cause they're, you know, they, you know, you remember, um, you saw that show earlier, um, All American, and they had a high school combine and they was checking height, weight, vertical jump, um, how fast you are, how strong you are, all this other stuff. They said that's very similar to how it was in um, slave auctions. They say it's the same thing. And these players are getting sold to the highest bidder. This is um, this is a recruiting process. Like, ooh, I want that one. You, you Give me that one right there. I want him to be a part of this so he can make me some more money. Because Nike wants to recruit certain people so they can get a return on investment. If they're investing millions of dollars on you, they want a return on investment. So they'll probably work you half to death just to get their get their ROI back. So Nike know exactly what they're doing and they're taking advantage of the system. So when parents, when it comes to you paying, um, you receiving benefits from the NCAA, think twice about it. Yeah, I was just thinking like if I was in, if I was an athlete and what would my parents tell me to do? They would tell me to take the money because most parents would like they they are more like money driven and they want me to like like with the whole job search thing they want me to like take the job that will pay me the most not what will make me the happiest so I know like if I was an athlete they'll want me to like <laughs> go if they're giving me if they're promising all these things and go to the school that's gonna, you know, give me and my family all these things. But you never said your opinion. My opinion? Mm-hmm. If I was a parent, would I want my child to receive benefits? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, uh, for me it's a yes and no. Um, the reason I say yes and, yes and no is just because it depends on the situation. If if it's a situation that my child will never have to pay for school, well, you got yourself a deal. 
But I'm put in the situation that if something happens, it's on them if they get caught. It's like I would basically have immunity for my kid. Like my kid will not lose the court of public opinion. They will not get a lawsuit against them or anything. They're blocked off. You can't touch him if anything happens. If y'all get caught, that's on y'all. Ain't got nothing to do with that. But I probably, if I mean, if it was right in front of me right now, I probably wouldn't do it. I probably would want to receive no benefits because it's kind of like what you said earlier, like playing the deal with the devil. Now they feel like they can do whatever or say whatever because and then they might use it as blackmail later on. I can I can really see them trying to use it as blackmail. Like, oh, like if you do this, this, and this, we can bring up how you receive this, this, and this to get your son to come here. Because sometimes the parents got demands about what benefits to receive. They was like, oh, if you want my son? Oh, I'm gonna need a, a two, uh, I need a 2018 Mercedes Benz E Class with the with the with the diamond in the back. Some some parents come with them kind of demands. Yeah. So for me personally, like you said before, it, it's playing to deal with the devil. I don't think I will personally do it, but a part of me would want to just to see how far I can get, <laughs> just to yeah. see how far I can take it. But I, I inevitably, I probably wouldn't even do it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even touch it. I would just be like, you know what? No, we go. We doing. We go going hill right. We go leave right. Cause y'all ain't gotta. Y'all ain't about to track my child and try to come back and say some mess later on. Cause I've seen that happen plenty of times on ESPN. Like parents have like messed up their relationship with their kids because the parents was receiving benefits. And sometimes the parents, like the child, didn't even know about what the parents was even doing. The parents in the school was doing it behind the child's back. That has happened before, too. So you got to be careful with stuff like that. So it comes with greed and corruption. It's all about corruption. Yeah. And everybody that's playing a part of it is dealing with the, you know, dealing with the corruption. Who wants to get who wants to get them the most? And these kids now, they're coming in with demands. Back in the day, the school had to do all the work. The school ain't got to do too much work now. The players are doing it. The players are like, hey, I need to get this, 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 and this. That's the only way I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And the school will do it because, especially a school like Duke, they got the money. That's why these high profiles, the blue blood schools, get all the talent. You don't think they get all the talent just because of the coach or the organization. That organization is backed by money, by funding, by opportunity. Most kids gonna take advantage of that. Yeah, I also wanted to um, bring up how there's a cracking down on the the NCAA is like getting a lot of lawsuits and stuff lately because they're not taking care of their of their players and they're not using their money how they should. Like they're not you like they're supposed to use their money on their their students for like academic things like scholarships and books and stuff like that and they're really not taking care of their players and I think like like lately the NCAA has really been um like getting a lot of heat and I just wonder like what if like Nike is like oh let me let me take this stand and provide these athletes what NCAA isn't providing them. Um, they would violate the rules if they did that. That's why they ain't doing it. I think, like, really, the NCAA is the middleman. The school, the organization is the middleman between these big-time shoe companies and these big brands and the players. It's kind of like they're, they're funneling everything else through that. So, if it was, like, if the NCAA... If they have all these rules and regulations, man, Nike will have a field day with some of these players. They will be like, oh, here, we'll give you the money. Here, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. All they got to do is write a check. So, really, the NCAA has their rules and regulations have to change in the future because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Have you noticed, like, almost every few months, some kind of violation 
of the NCAA has happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I, I promise you, within the last two years, I've seen more violations with the NCAA than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's only getting worse. Should you pay the players? That's a whole another discussion for a different day. But looks like we're walking into that, like that conversation is getting a lot stronger. And some people feel like you shouldn't pay players. They feel like that's going to open up another can of worms. Other people feel like they, you shouldn't pay the players. You shouldn't do it. So I think that conversation is getting stronger as time passes because it's like you pay these players, you don't have to worry about all these NCAA violations. They will receive a check. I just think the minus about athletes receiving money or a stipend or anything like that to get paid, I think greed is going to kick in. Yeah. Like, if you're a big-time football school and the basketball team ain't that good, the football team feel like they got to get the lion's share of the money. I think not playing, paying the players is, like, the fairest and the easiest, simplest thing to do because – if they start paying the players, it's going to get, like, complicated, and there's going to be, like, nobody's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, oh, I'm, we the football team. We known for football. Why do I have to share my money with the golf team? Nobody know who they are. Or, like, a star player getting the same amount as a bench warmer. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was telling you, greed is going to be the biggest not. issue. Like, I can, I can see the destruction happening. I wonder if they do that in other countries. Like, what? What do they do with their college players if they pay them or not? I don't even know if colleges around the world even have college sports. You got to think, most athletes across the world, if they're really good, they're not playing at college. They're already pro. Soccer, you can be pro at 14. Basketball, you can be pro at 16. Gymnastics, you can be pro at what, 12? 13? <laughs> oh. I know all that. But only in America that you have to wait to be 19 to be pro. You have to, um, in football, you have to wait to after your junior year to go pro, to be eligible to go pro. Everywhere else around the world, I think tennis, you could be 15, 16 to be pro. Golf, you could be 15, 16. Why do you think America, like, has um, – Longer age restrictions. They feel like we don't mature as fast. Wow. And you got to think the NBA and the NFL is one of the most recent sports. Um, for some reason, across the world, like Europe, especially in Europe, Europe, you can be a professional basketball player at 16. This is why um, you you don't know him. Luka Doncic, he played for the Dallas Mavericks. He's a rookie. But he's balling like he's been in the league for five years. So reason behind that, he's been playing in Europe for three years. He just couldn't be NBA eligible until this past year when he turned 19. But he was already in the EuroLeague for three years. He was a EuroLeague MVP mm-hmm. before he got here. So, but he's playing like a four or five year vet. Why? Because he's been playing pro since 16. This is why some NBA players, as soon as they graduate high school, they're going right over to Europe. They're going right overseas because you're going to be pro at a younger age. They feel like you can enhance the learning curve if you go ahead and go over there. This this is why, this is what LeVar Ball was trying to do with Melo. That's what he tried. Try to go over there and do the professional thing. Unfortunately, if you play, if you go in there and play pro, you know, the difference between amateur sports and playing pro is that you see one receive a paycheck, the other one you don't. This is why they didn't want to pay NCAA athletes because NCAA athletes is considered amateur athletics. If you go pay an amateur athlete, they're not an amateur no more. They're a pro. Mm-hmm. This is why, like, I mean, and boxing is just like that. Like, you can't be, like, oh, that's why a lot of, like, boxers, they go to, like, they'll, like, boxing in the Olympics and stuff like that. They'll do that shortly before their pro career because you can't be a pro and be in the Olympics because Olympics and boxing is considered you can only you could be am, you have, you have to be an amateur to box in the Olympics. Basketball was like that until the dream team happened. Like you had to be an amateur athlete in order to participate, but boxing still has that rule. 
Um, I mean, and the greats in boxing still, like, they had to go in the Olympics as am amateurism before they even left the with pro. Floyd Mayweather, Tyson, Ali, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, like, all, all, all the legends had to go through the same process. Some, you know, just started pro at an early age, but most of the time you had to. But anyways. Let's go ahead and go on to the next topic. All right, next topic is about um, it's about Nipsey Hussle. Uh, first of all, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, you know, y'all know by now. You know, he passed away last week. And what I want to talk about is not exactly about like how he died and stuff like that. I want to relate it to be uh, connected to fatherhood, and you know he. Grew up in this community. He, you know, bought back the block, bought back the block. You know, that's, you know, that's what, you know, what black entrepreneurs is trying to do now. And the uh, he he bought his own plaza, um, all those stores. You know, he owned in that plaza and stuff like that. But that's where he got gunned down at, and he he stayed in the community. So the question I got is. Should fathers be community fathers, or should they just be fathers in their own family? Like, just have, you know, one, you know, the woman they with, or whoever, and their children, and that's it. They don't need to be a community father. Like, is it worth? Is it worth it? Is it worth being a community father? That's the question I got. Um, I think it's a positive thing. I think that there's different levels to it. Um, like, I don't think that, like, one, I don't think it should be, like, the responsibility on um, one person to take care of, like, a whole community, but, like, in smaller, in smaller groups, I think it is a good thing. Like, um... For, like, I saw my dad be, like, um, a father figure to many kids, like, on our basketball teams. So, I think, like, a small scale like that, I think it's appropriate. Um, just because, like, if someone's dad couldn't be there, he was there, or something like that. But, I think, yeah. Um, I think fathers should try to do their best because like I said on the last episode fathers are special like more special than moms and wow. I think you better keep the same energy when Mother's Day show up in a few weeks <laughs> they are special and I think that everybody like people can use more of that of the dad the dads in their lives um, but as far as like buying a plaza and all that stuff that's not a father's um, responsibility. Yeah, That's like, actually the church's responsibility. Because I had a pastor that said that he would do that, and then he took stole all the stole church's all money, the money and left. So that ain't surprising. Like I don't like. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, cause he could have easily, he could have owned the plaza, had his own businesses there, but not been there. Every he was there almost every day. He was a man of the people for real. He did that. He could have easily came, barely showed up, like most business owners do when they own stuff like that. Like, like just barely show up. But he was there actively. And now he's gone. And it kind of makes you think that is it worth being a man of the people trying to build up the community that you grew up in in order to get shot and killed because of some hater out here that didn't have the that didn't do what you did in order to be successful because a lot of successful people they don't stay in the neighborhood they leave they're gone and they don't never come back so it was it was great on one end for him to do that because 
I know he was a father figure to a lot of people. A lot of people looked up to him. The minus is that he gets gunned down and now his kids don't have a father now. Because he was a father of three. He had three kids. And now he was trying to be a man of the people and now it got sacrificed. And I'm not trying to compare it to like Malcolm X and King and stuff like that, but this is what it somewhat reminds me of. Like, you got somebody out there that's actually participating in a revolutionary act of creating your own businesses and trying to rebuild the community that you grew up in. Because the plaza that he owned was considered an unsafe area before he owned it. It was gang territory. He built that plaza, changed everything up, and now it's a safe, it was a safe place for kids. He didn't have to do that. But he didn't anyway because he saw it was bigger than himself. But unfortunately, he did the father sacrifice of him passing away. And now the people that looked up to him, plus his own children, now don't have a father now. Actively. And that's the part that sucks. So as a father, I think about, am I willing to make that sacrifice and be a man of the people? What if I sacrifice myself and I'm gone and now my children don't have a father now? My wife doesn't have a husband now. My nephews and nieces don't have an uncle now. Like, it, it, it makes you think, like, is it really worth it? Because you've got people out here that's waiting on your downfall, that's waiting on your demise, that's setting you up. Is it really worth it? And I'm not saying do it or don't do it. I'm just trying to get I'm trying to get you guys to think about it. Like just think. Is it really worth the sacrifice? Yeah, I think it just depends on the person. Um cause some some people are like more like activists and like revolutionary type people and some people are more low key and like if you want to give back to your community like there's plenty of uh, there's lots of ways to do that i just think that like you can you can find your own way to take care of your people you don't have to like do it on a big scale that may draw a lot of attention to yourself yeah because a lot of times that attention is not all positive unfortunately like, for me, I'm going to come in, do my thing, leave. Like, it's wrong to say, but, I mean, I probably won't ever be famous or anything like that. Because this is only for, you know, the people that has a very, like, high status. He was at the status that he didn't have to do all that. He could have just came in, stopped by, left. Like, he, he was at that status by this time. And... I don't know. I guess from, I wouldn't say what I would do because I, ain't, I, I I wasn't in his shoes or anything like that. It's just that it sucks that that had to happen. And now it's kind of like now what? And it's kind of, I mean, ironically, it, you know, the, the plaza he owned was called the Marathon. That's the ironic part. So it's kind of like who picks it up and keeps going? Picks up the baton. Yeah, who picks up the baton and keep and keep it going? Not exactly the plaza or the business, but just that representation of what that's like. Representation of that person, the legacy of the legacy of that. Like that whole situation made me think about legacy and what. I will leave behind the day I go. So it's like, does the mar does does the marathon continue with you, or does it stop with you? Does it continue with your next generation? Does it continue with your kids, or does it just stop? Did you sprint through your life, or was your life really a marathon, or did you just stop? You just sprinted, and now you since you're gone, it just stopped. And no one picks it up and keeps it going. But what about the people who don't have children? How are they going to keep their legacy going? Um, you could be an influence. You, you could be an influence some bigger than your kids. More than your kids. 
You can be an influence to other people. Like, you be a coach or, you know, like like you said with your dad, like being a coach and stuff like that. He probably had an influence on those other kids that didn't have that. I, I mean, as a kid, that's how I looked at my basketball coach. Like, he was the first father figure of my life, and I didn't meet him until middle school. So it's kind of like I remember, I still remember that to this day. Like, and that was a long time ago. Dang, that was 20 years ago as I think about it. That's a long time. Yeah, about 20 years ago. And I still remember it. I still remember those moments. But. Yeah, I remember, like, we had this black boy on our team, and he was adopted by white parents. So, like, my dad was probably the only, like, black male in his life. That's interesting. Yeah, he was, like, the only. He had, like, like. Um, siblings too, but they were white too. He was literally the only black kid in the family. So he was like the only chocolate chip in the cookie. Mm-hmm. He was sick all the time too. But, but yeah, like I, I, I just want people just to you know, just to think about that. You know, like what are you leaving behind? And uh, this ain't even got to be about your own kids, even if you have 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 a child or you don't have a child. Like, just think about what you what what are you leaving behind? Think about what's after you. What influence are you bringing to the planet? And it does have to be something ginormous or huge. It could be something small. You can influence one person. That's it. That's have to be no dramatic big thing. And also, I challenge people to like focus on the present. Um, and like what will you leave behind like Nipsey left behind like his business but like that was he did good work on this earth while he was here so like that's something else to think about like what what work did you leave on this earth while you were here yeah like yeah he left a big footprint like, I mean, he had gangs uniting for the first time, which unfortunately he had to pass away for that to happen. But that's a whole other discussion for another day. I, you do have to think about, like I said before, like what, what do you really, you know, what footprint are you setting upon the world? And you ain't gotta have no big footprint. It could be, it does have to be huge. Like, what are you leaving? Like. Who you are as a person, your spirit, your work, your the the is is very it, it could be various. It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be with entrepreneurship. It could be with music. It could be with be like your dog might think you're the best person in the whole wide world. Like you left the influence on your dog. I ain't think about that. I ain't think about a dog. <laughs> or like my niece Paris. She thinks me and Michael. <laughs> she really loves Michael a lot more than me, but you sound like you got haterism in your game. And she still like looks up to me a lot, and like I influence her because like she looks up to me, but she looks up to Michael. I think as like a father figure maybe, because you're fun, and nobody else is fun. I never thought about that. I did, but I didn't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm fun though. No. Yeah, you can leave an influence in a big or a small way, but your dogs will always love you no matter what you do. Your cats, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they said cats act more like humans than dogs do. Dogs are so loyal to you. Cats just got an attitude. That's why I never get a cat. You won't ever see me with no cat. Yeah, but if you die, like, your dog is going to cry over your death. That cat is like, hey, who going to feed me? <laughs> he gone, but uh, I need to eat. Yeah. Cats is wrong. So, let's go ahead and talk about the good father of the week. Good father of the week. That's right. And good father of the week goes to, wow, you really did the drum roll. Okay. Dwayne Wade. 
D-Wade. Uh, Dwayne Wade is considered a good father of the week. Jasmine, go ahead and explain why. Well, I don't have all the details, but Dwayne Wade's son came out as gay recently in the um, at the Gay Pride Parade and yeah, it was the yeah, Gay Pride Parade. I think in Miami. I think. Yeah, I think it was in Miami. I think it was in Miami. And um, which is great for him. I think that it's great for such a young person to be so like courageous and especially a young person who's kind of in the spotlight because of their parents and um he's what 11 i don't know yeah he's 11 he's 11 I, I just remember yeah he's 11 yeah i think it's just so courageous of him to like do that and i i say that Dwayne wade is the good father of the week just because he's supportive of his son's sexuality and I feel like um, it's just good to know that he has both of his parents and probably his mom like his biological mom because Gabrielle Union isn't his real mom mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's just great to know that like he has like supportive parents and um, like Dwayne Wade being like an athlete and how like his career is so is associated with like masculinity and stuff like that he's still not ashamed of his son and Gabrielle Union is not ashamed of her stepson so yeah I think that's great how supportive they're being for him yeah that's a very good thing like he he's fully supportive um you will be surprised that how often that does not happen. And but that is what we're going to get into in the next episode about that. But Dwayne Wade is considered our good father of the week. Um, continuously support your kids no matter what. Not, not, not no matter what they do, but the choice that they make, even if you don't particularly experience it, you still support them nevertheless because they're your child. So, good job. Yeah, love them unconditionally. Job D-Wade. Yeah, but um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Good Father Brand Podcast. Like I said before, this podcast is about creating a platform and dialogue about fatherhood and also fatherhood experiences. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, which is the Good Father Brand. Follow us on Twitter, um, good father brand um, if you um, want me to do any speaking dialogues in regards to fatherhood I'll be more than welcome to do that if you want to be a guest on this podcast let me know also I'll be glad to figure out a way so we can arrange that also please like share and leave comments yes leave a review too reviews are yes. great like, no, no, don't be too negative now. Like, you know, this, pro, uh, this podcast is a work in progress. Don't be, don't be all up, don't be all up on the reviews being all negative. Positive vibes only. Ain't <laughs> you know the that's that's the that's the what people be saying this year. But no, but for real, leave leave a review, comment, um, subscribe, like. Like I said before, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Anchor is the main one. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Anything else? That's all I have. All right. See y'all next time. Peace.